This podcast is sponsored by AdTran. AdTran knows the challenges of managing a robust subscriber network. That's why they built Mosaic One, a single interface to view the network from end to end. Schedule a demo today by visiting adtran.com slash mosaic one. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeisinger. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And I'm Ben Nuremberg, COO of M&J Technologies. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to be back. Kelsey, how are you these these days? Good. Just waiting on spring. <laughs> <laughs> ready, ready for the big thaw. <laughs> yeah. It's been yeah. a lot of rain here. Excellent. Um, uh, yeah. So Ben, th- uh, Ben, you've been a frequent guest on the podcast, frequent from, from our point of view and that, uh, uh, you, a, mul- a multiple time guest, I should say multiple repeating guests. Um, and that's good because, uh, uh, each time we get, we get a little farther down the conversation of like, uh, you know, what MNJ is doing for, uh, for its clients. And just to remind those of us who haven't caught up, um, uh, what size companies are you guys uh, servicing, and and in what region? And you know, just kind of give us a little bit of background on what the scope of uh, MNJ is and where you are in that uh, in the technology landscape, so that folks can kind of frame it accordingly. Sure, absolutely. Well, certainly, you know, we have a, a couple of large enterprise, uh, you know, Fortune twenty accounts, uh-huh. um, as well as we do a lot in the small small market. But I would tell you. 80% of our business is what we deem is, and we're coining the phrase, the mid-mid-market. We think the most opportunity, the most help needed uh, for digital transformation exists in this mid-market. Um, and you know, everyone defines mid-market differently. You know, For us, I would tell you that's 200 to 2,000 employees um, okay. you know, on, on a whole. Um, revenues can range all over the place, but, but yeah. as, a, as a whole, that's, that's really where we see the most help being needed for digital transformation. This is why we like talking to about the space occasionally too, because the um, it's, it's been a um, kind of a, a no man's land for a lot of carriers uh, it, it, traditionally as they were offering mm-hmm. like enterprise services and stuff like that. Yeah. They're great at the fortune 50. Some of them, especially the cable companies are really good at the 50 or below, you know, super small uh, offerings. There's a whole lot of room in the middle there, though. <laughs> there, there really is. And and it's really where you see the most gap because you have enough money to kind of spend, but not enough money to overly spend, right? So yeah. how do you help that? You have resource allocation issues. Um, you you have people trying to do multiple jobs. And, and so, you know, those are growing companies, companies that exist in that space. Um, and we just find it to be the, the space that uh, we have the most fun in. Excellent. Um, okay, well, let's get into let's get into uh, our, our topic du jour. Kelsey, uh, uh, over to you. Yeah, uh, so we recently covered um, a kind of state of disruption report that Avant Communications put out, uh, where they surveyed the results of about 500 enterprise pro- professionals in management positions. And I thought one thing that was interesting that came out of it was the expectation that um, over 60% of enterprises plan on increasing or significantly increasing their SD-WAN usage this year. And then 59% plan to also increase their MPLS usage um, 
Do you find that as surprising or is that kind of in line with what you're seeing as well with your customers? Yeah. So I would tell you one of the facts certainly didn't surprise me. I think when you look at SD-WAN usage um, and adoption, it continues to increase as that product replaces, you know, the router and even a, a, on a firewall uh, at the edge. Um, in many cases, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Why wouldn't you replace those two and take the advantage of SD-WAN? Um, so no, that didn't shock me. And we're seeing that um, all the time now. You know, we're well past that early adoption phase as well with SD-WAN. Um, the MPLS um, number did did stand out to me. I, I saw the same disruption report and Avant and, and Drew and I and the team do a fantastic job with it. Um, but, you know, we we were never believers that, that, that SD-WAN was the death of MPLS. MPLS still had a place in the marketplace and there was still a need for it in many cases, specifically when you start talking about data center to data center connections. Um, and so we never thought SD-WAN was going to be the, 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 the death of MPLS of the network. It does shock me a little bit to see that level of, of increase in MPLS. You know, I would have said the market was going to stay flat, if, if anything. Um, I know we're personally replacing a lot of it, but then we're also upgrading a lot of it. I just didn't think it was a growth space. So the, the second number was a little bit uh, eye-opening to me. That's interesting. Does the, in, in your space, um, the kind of companies you're covering, are, they, um, are, are any of them really using MPLS outside of those kind of, like I see the data center thing, that makes sense because that's a dedicated connection and you know there's not a lot of variance there. But mm-hmm. on everything else, it seems like you would want to attach, you know, uh, keep attaching services and being more flexible and that sort of thing, especially in the pandemic. Um, a- absolutely. And you've got something like a DIA that can replace an MPLS and still, you know, get very close to the level of QoS or quality of service that's uh-huh. necessary. When you throw a DIA and then you have a broadband backup between the two, I, I would tell you most customers, uh, it's tough to, to not get the QoS that you would get with an MPLS um, line. I think, you know, the only, my only thought when I looked at that number or I saw what someone did, is I do think there has been a pricing correction, right? Because they realized the loss of MPLS was coming. So these carriers had to make some type of pricing correction mm-hmm. to still make it an attractive decision. Because if you're going to be able to get a DIA and a broadband, you're going to increase your bandwidth, which in a lot of cases you can increase even more bandwidth than you did with your MPLS, and it was going to be less expensive. Yeah. Well, that's a really tough road to go down. And so I think some of this could be just the overall price correction in the marketplace. What, uh, what type of instances do you do you f- sell most of your SD-WAN uh, into? Is it is it enterprise router or enterprise kind of networking replacement? Are you just adding services or is there like a specific hook that customers kind of gra- you know gravitate toward? Yeah, it's a great question. I will tell you there's a variety um, of reasons of what forces them to go, whether it's a unified communications discussion of them now doing voice like a Ring Central or an 8x8, one of those providers, um, whether it's a, a move to, to more into the you know, public or private cloud space. There's a lot of different conversations that lead back to SD-WAN. But I think what's happening now is customers are starting to refresh their network infrastructure. You know, When they're looking at the refresh, they're saying, okay, let's take a look at SD-WAN. We don't need to replace a switch and a router. 
right? The SD-WAN box can do part of that job. Um, and now we can even layer security on top of that. And so I think that kind of holistic discussion is really what's caused a lot of that. Um, you know, there was a stat that came out, I, was, I think it was two or three years ago, that uh, 40% of all network infrastructure that was going to be replaced would be replaced with SD-WAN. I don't think we quite got to 40%, but, you know, we were in the high 20s, low 30s for sure in terms of companies that were looking at that. And I think that that percentage of refresh only increases as time goes on. Are you seeing also um, an increase in the number of, um, I guess, vendors that that both service providers are working with and then also um, that customer demand for more options for SDWAN. It seemed like a few years ago it was, you know, service providers would offer kind of one flavor from a vendor, but now they seem to be adding on more. Do you think that's um, customers saying, you know, I'm already working with Cisco, for example, I'd like Cisco SDWAN, or uh, what do you think some of the the drivers are for that? Yeah, I think the biggest one is people started to figure out that not, not all SDWAN was created equal and that different technologies fit different spaces better. And then if we're going to take advantage of the solution or the problem that that solution is solving, let's pick the best product for that. And if you were only a one-stop shop, whether you were all Cisco or all Palo or all Oracle slash Talari or whatever it was, it definitely pigeonholed you in, in solving a customer's problem based upon the best solution versus the product you sell. And so I think you've seen more people kind of emulate what M&J did originally, which is form partnerships with four or five different SD-WAN vendors so that we're solving the end user's problem in the best way possible. Look, CloudGenX and what Palo does has a great spot in the marketplace in, in certain scenarios. And Silver Peak or now Aruba also has a great spot in those marketplaces. If we didn't have both, we definitely would be pitching ourselves or hurting ourselves to solve the customer's problem accurately. And I think the carriers have been forced to then also make that change. Originally, you know, one of them was Versa and the other one was VeloCloud and that's all you had and that's yeah. all they did. Um, they needed to change the tune. Don't get me wrong. When you have a juggernaut like Cisco on board too, um, pushing their product and embracing and finally up about a, like what a year plus ago making um, Viptela a more readily available product, you know, that type of company certainly pushed that um, pushed that 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 fold as well. And then you had you know Aruba by Silver Peak, you had Palo by CloudGenX, and so you started to get these larger, more influential companies um, gobble them up, and, and that kind of the marketplace shifted. That's interesting. Does the um... Has the uh, menu of SD WAN options at MNJ uh, changed uh, recently, or, or do you guys still do a, 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 a palette of four or five of them? Or um... I, I think we still do a palette of of where we used to be more six. We're now down to maybe four okay. that we think are, are major players. Um, and and I would tell you, with four, there's probably 95 percent of what we're looking to solve. We can we can solve and solve the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still some that, that, that pose problems. You know, there's some SD-WAN that you can't operate on a single pane of glass, um, with, that you can see your circuit, your firewall and your SD-WAN device, right? Some are specific to their own, um, own software and that, that poses some problems. So we try to shy away from some of that. Um, some are not offering as good a support and, and we're not quite sure on the roadmap of where we're going. So you know, we've we've probably pared down a little, but we still have four, you know, borderline five. Are you surprised the consolidation in the space hasn't hasn't been more? Uh, I mean, maybe it's all been paused 
for the pandemic and everything else, you know, kind of business slowed down a bit, but that there hasn't been even more consolidation in the space? Um, I think you've seen the big consolidation happen, right? You've mm-hmm. seen, you know, HP now, you know, it's, it's I guess Talari was technically not, well, Viptela was the first to go with Cisco, right? Yeah. But it took them a while to create a, a, a go-to-market plan that, that was for the masses, right? They were still just kind of sitting in their niche. Um, obviously, Velo and Versa were being sold by the carriers. But when you look at, you know, in the last, what, 18 months, you've had, you know, CloudGenix go, you've had Silver Peak go, you've had the two big kind of non-Fortune um, 20 companies, you know, be gobbled up. I right. think that that was the big movement. And now you've got these little niche players that, that kind of sit along the sidelines. But I, I really do think that that is consolidation. You know, mm-hmm. when you have Palo and CloudGenix together, you have HP Aruba and now Silver Peak and what they're doing. Um, I, I do think we've had kind of the, the major consolidation happen. Okay. Um, and you mentioned unified communications earlier, and that was another thing that was touched on in the report was um, when Avant looked at their own uh you know, customer interest in UCAS, for example, they found that there was an increase in interest by about 86%, um, kind of around the the beginning of the COVID timeframe. Mm. Are you seeing like a huge uptick in interest from your customers in, in UC solutions and um, have their uh, demands for certain features changed at all? Yeah, I, I absolutely it's absolutely COVID related, right? You now have a remote workforce more segmented than it's ever been. Um, you now have the proverbial branch of one, right? That 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 we've kind of deemed that term, um, and you needed a way to deal with that. And so, um, unified communications of, of all the products and offerings within the, this kind of arena um, certainly can have the most impact um, in, in that space. So yes, we've definitely seen that that uptick. Um, in unified communications and the interest in unified communications. I don't know that the demands or the, the applications have changed in what they need to do. Um, that's When you started looking at unified communications, even if you looked at three years ago, you still are trying to accomplish the same thing. You know, single call reach, um, reliable platforms, you know, no matter what phone you're on, being able to route calls in. Um, so I don't think that's that's changed. I think the, the importance of how that can help affect your business um, has the biggest area of changing your communications really probably sits more around the collaboration side of things, which is you know your video and and how you're communicating via um, that way, right? I can remember you know, Microsoft Teams; you can only have four people on a screen at one time. Um, that was literally a year ago that it was only four people, and yeah. now obviously that number has increased. A year is not that long ago that Teams, Microsoft, the biggest player in the space, only could put four <laughs> people on a screen at one time, right? right? Yeah. So you've seen massive changes from that that standpoint. Um, so the unified communication platforms, like if you look at Ring's uh, platform and their chat as well as their video, you know, those are the areas where you've probably seen the biggest difference, though. In the collaboration space, what uh, that's an interesting you know, we're, we're Microsoft team shop at uh, Light Reading. Our parent company, Informa, has has a 365 license across the thing. But that was one of the interesting things we talked about maybe a year ago or whatever was like, you know, Informa acquired a bunch of different companies. Some people were on Slack. Some people were on this over here. They were talking about whether they wanted to do workplace from Facebook and, all you know, all these other uh, kind of things. Um 
are, are you guys kind of the same way as you are with SD WAN as far as that stuff? Do you have kind of a a, a handful of uh, solutions that you point people to, or do you do you have a best of breed strategy there? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Look, we 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 certainly work with teams at Microsoft. We we work with Cisco. Um, and what was previously Spark, right? And yeah. now, um, you know, their, their team's product. It's, <laughs> so, all, it's all WebEx, right? right? Or is yeah, it, do yeah, they call it all WebEx now or is it? Yeah, uh, WebEx teams. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Um, and we do Workplace by Facebook as well. I, I will tell you, if you look at a product like Slack or Workplace by Facebook or, or even Ring Central's um, chat tool, um, and you look at Teams and Zoom and, you know, Cisco's Teams, um, I think there's some complementary products there. Like, I don't think you need to be just Workplace by Facebook if you're Teams. You can be Teams and Workplace by Facebook. I think Workplace by Facebook is a is more of a climate and culture driver than it is um, a chat tool and, and straight video, right? So I think there's um, – what you're seeing, I think, is the marrying together of multiple products to accomplish it. If you look at even the, the UCAS space, the connectors and integrations that now are available – to connect within the, the, the Microsoft Teams product is better than it's ever been, right? Because I think people are realizing there's a place for those and it's really about the synergies of them working together seamlessly at, to the end user, but they definitely have different, there's different needs for each. Um, and so that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I I do think they were all kind of going into market being, you know, professing to be uh, the, the, the silver bullet for productivity, you yeah. know? And, and it, it seems like it's a, it's, it, it really is what do you want to accomplish kind of a thing. Right. right. And, and now I think they're dealing with the backlash of it. I mean, I, yeah. I think the, the, the thing underneath it all is, is meeting fatigue. Yeah. We, we just talked about it today at, at our company is yeah. what are we doing culturally? Cause there's just flat out meaning fatigue from all of the chat and all you're never not connected anymore you're you're right. you're you wake up in the morning you're connected there's no commute anymore mm-hmm. and so you know, what are companies and what can technology do to help what is becoming fatigue and, and yeah. productivity losses in some cases yeah yeah i, I need a, a platform that just like pops up that says don't go to the kitchen like you don't need a <laughs> snack right now <laughs> Or do oh, some stretches, something like that. That would, I think, that would help my mental health. <laughs> I, I miss getting on an airplane just to shut my laptop down. You know, right? Yeah. You know, just to just to have that space in the middle of a random work day where I was completely unreachable. Um, because yeah, I, I I totally get the meeting fatigue thing, but I I also feel like too that there's a um, there are a number of uh, people that are using the tool as almost like uh, documentation you know, for a phone call, you know, mm-hmm. like, so instead of having the phone call, now they're going to put you on video and record you. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. I, I say that and we're having a <laughs> recorded podcast now. So we're adding to the fatigue in a weird way, but we're also, cre- <laughs> we're also creating media. So there's, there's a, there's a slightly different agenda. Yeah. Sure. You know, the one advantage of it where you can't denote tone, um, from, from email. Um, so you do need to pick up a phone. Fo- phone or you do need to get on a on a video um collaboration tool because i think that that we that i think that's one thing that's helped from that standpoint is you know if i woke up in a bad mood and you know phil you send me an email and i'm already i'm I'm predisposed to read that the wrong way right and so (laughs) getting on a call being in a chat seeing your face and my face seeing 
um, Kelsey as well, you know, that's going to change that. So I think there was an advantage to that up front. Um, and people just went like everything we did was was on was on video then. Mm -hmm. um, so there was like that backlash of, well, that I basically sat at my desk and I was just back to back and there was eight of them that that happened. Um, talk about a bandwidth uh, issue, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's we're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to wrap up and, and kind of circle back to the um, SD-WAN and, and MPLS discussion, um, do you uh, foresee uh, kind of that that statistic of, you know, we talked about how they're both, from what Avant saw, both um, increasing at the, the same rate, essentially. Do you think that'll shift in the favor of SD-WAN um, over the next couple years, or the enterprises are, are still um, really committed to uh, continuing those big investments that they've made in MPLS? Yeah, look, I, I think SD-WAN is going to continue to grow, and I think it will absolutely grow at a faster rate than, than MPLS will in, in my in my mind. And, and you know, while I didn't pull 500 customers, I can just tell you what our own numbers um, are, are showing us. There's going to be a couple of things that continue to contribute to that. Um, you know, 5G will have an impact on that when it becomes more readily available. Um, I think quality of service will continue to get better for broadband and for um things like DIA. And I think the SD-WAN product will also continue to get um, better as well. The one thing that's never going to change, though, um, is the need for more bandwidth, right? There is more data traversing um, the networks than there ever has been, um, whether it be video or podcast or whatever it may be. So, you know, I think that the need for the to control that space and manage that space and have the right product in that space um, is more paramount than it's ever been. Um, but again, that's my own humble opinion from here in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. We will no, take that opinion. That's a, <laughs> that's one we can use. Uh, ben Nierberg, thanks so much for uh, uh, for being on the Light Reading Podcast. Thanks for having me. It was a true pleasure. Yeah, good to see you. This podcast is sponsored by Adtran. Adtran knows the challenges of managing a robust subscriber network. That's why they built Mosaic One a single interface to view the network from end to end. Schedule a demo today by visiting adtran.com slash mosaic one.